Hey, Gestalt Education Nation, uh, new sponsor alert, new sponsor alert. Today, we're excited to announce uh, Dynamic Disc Designs and Jerome Fryer. Uh, we have an awesome discount code for you. Just use the code Gestalt uh, to get a little bit of money off on the, the Dynamic Disc Designs. They're the, the most realistic anatomical discs that we've ever seen. If you caught our, our episode with uh, Dr. Stuart McGill, you saw an entire shelf full of them. Everything from cavitation instruction to uh, uh, disc dysfunction to SI joint dysfunction, all sorts of amazing joint stuff. Joint movement, yes. vertebral movement. Absolutely. So uh, go to Dynamic Disc Designs, uh, use the code Gestalt. As always, you can use the code Gestalt on Core 360 belt to get a, a little discount on the belts there. We love to use that for biofeedback for teaching respiration, intra-abdominal pressure, and how the, the abdominal wall should be working in, during function. Uh, and then the last one, use the code Gestalt Education 10. Those will all be in the description in the podcast. Gestalt Education 10 at humanlocomotion.com uh, to get off uh, some money off of all of his awesome gadgets and tools and uh, rehab uh, materials. What's your favorite, Brett? He's got a trunk full, but I think, you know, integrating the Topro in, I think, has been a game changer for us here at the office. So I think that would be my pick. Beautiful. All right, guys, don't forget, use the code Gestalt, Gestalt Education 10. Uh, visit the show notes and you'll be uh, hooked up. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Gestalt Education Show. Uh, today we are back at the Modal Hospital here in Prague, Czech Republic. This is our new home turf. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great place to do a podcast. I'll put it that way. So today we are sitting down with Alishka, and usually uh, with my guests, I at least t- attempt for last. You haven't messed one up yet. Yeah, yeah, this one I, I didn't even attempt. So can you say your full name for us, Alicia? Of course, my name is Eliška Urbářová, so I understand that it's a little bit difficult to pronounce. Sorry, <laughs> guys. Well, today what we're sitting down with Eliška for is uh, obviously you're a therapist here in Modal. Uh, you have a private clinic, and then you are kind of in charge of bringing fit kids, DNS fit kids to life. And so uh, for those who haven't seen, uh, now there's seminars that are fully based on DNS fit kids. And uh, basically it's an attempt to show that DNS can be used in populations that are outside of pediatrics and then and not uh, adults, or yeah, not compromised. purely for function, which is something that we preach at our office. And a lot of this podcast is that uh, just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean that you can't be changing your motor program. So can you kind of talk us through how DNS fit kids started and like uh, kind of your goals that are how, how you uh, see it going in the future? Actually, it was kind of like a nice coincidence that one of my classmates from the university told me that he would like to um, make DNS more closer to the kids' population. So with Alena Kobesova, we said, okay, we will try to find out something. So we start to play with the position and with some kind of like uh, aspects which will help the kids to understand the whole problematics, which help them to understand what to do and actually why to do it. Because with the kids, you know, most of the time, if they are not injured, not suffering from some kind of pain, it's like, okay, I am here, but why should I be here? So we need to give them a perspective that actually if they will move and they will move right, it will have a nice consequences to the future life, even in the childhood. So they can improve in some kind of sport activities. For example, they can improve in some kind of leisure time activities. 
So that was actually the beginnings of it. And then we tried to find out some kind of specific strategy because uh, for kids it has to be somehow easy but still understandable and still in compliance with our basic thoughts from DNS. So And also fun. I mean, they got to want to do it, which is different than adult patients probably. Definitely. With the kids, it's a more pure rehabilitation process, we can say, because you can like directly see if they like it or they hate it, if they want to continue what with you, you or not. What do you tell them that it's for? Like, what do you tell them, like the reason they need to do it? So usually I try to first create some kind of boundage between us. So try to find out if they think there should be something it offers to them. So if they are doing some kind of leisure time activity, something specific, I'm trying to apply it to that. If they are doing some kind of sport, I'm trying to give them examples. And then, of course, I try to give them a feeling if they will continue in their type of stereotypes or when they try to integrate something new. And kids like they can feel it immediately and especially through that positive emotion we can say that they can very quickly jump into the process so what are the uh how would it be different than a normal like dns exercise program so what are you doing to make it fun for the kids so we definitely uh use a lot of equipment which is necessary we create a lot of variations of the exercises and we need to find out our language, together language, how we can get closer to the main aim of the exercise. So we named the positions, the developmental positions by the animals. So now it's much more associative for them so they can imagine what I should do, what I can associate it with. So then it's easier uh, for them to actually do what is needed to be done. And in those positions, after that, they can play variously with the tools, in the pairs, in the groups, which makes it really funny for them and which makes them to continue in the whole process, even to engage some of their siblings or parents sometimes. And is there, I'm assuming there's less correcting when things like aren't perfect, you just kind of let them Explore, move their butt, yeah. Play. So actually with the kids and nowadays in Czech Republic, you can see that a lot of them actually have a problem to do a position. So usually the first thing is a quantity, I have to say, that they first need to be able to actually stay in the position. And after that, I can play with the quality so I can go more into the system, tell them more details about where they should be focused on. Again, I'm using a lot of association so they can easily grab the main problem which is there and just one thing what they can be concentrated on and then we are like playing in the position so it's not like okay now you will raise your arm up but like okay so now you will raise your hands up you will start to turn and maybe you will try to steal my head out of my head so in that moment it's like wow i really want to do it and that's very nice or uh, like an easy example if you will just turn to the right we can just clap our hands together but for the kid it's something extra which makes the exercise like really funny and for me efficient and I can stay longer there and just try and play and potentiate the kid to do more and get more and continue and 
come on. Well, in therapy, typically it's, you know, usually done one-on-one with our patients. How important has it been that, you know, they have their friends with them and it's kind of in a group setting? So a, the beauty is that you can integrate it individually, but also in that group session. So a, individually, I usually like to work with them, uh, just one-to-one without parents because usually with the parents it's getting a little bit problematic very often the parents are imprinting their imaginations about how the child should do the motion and if they don't understand they get nervous and then also the kid is nervous and later on when we will get to a certain stage actually it's nice to still continue because after a few sessions we have uh, available in check like five maybe ten if it is good, you cannot actually reprogram the whole uh, brain program. So we definitely need to still secure that there will be some kind of regularity, intensity, repetitions. So after that, it's perfect to have those group exercises. And in those group exercises, then we can more train in like pairs, in groups. A child can try different type of position, different type of uh, integrations, interactions with the other ones. They can also see how the others in the group are responding to the process so it's kind of like a nice in the way that sometimes the group itself actually help them to improve their tendency we can say to continue and to improve themselves yeah and then in your perfect world do kids get into this dns fit kids through assessment or is it just kind of going to be a blanket meaning are you assessing in a perfect world, assessing every child that's going to be into these group programs and stuff and then progress to the group or where, where so would it say? Ideal situation in that ideal world you just described, we would like to have assessment for every kid mm-hmm. before we start to do individual, even the group sessions. Because that will help us to actually see if they are getting improved and also to find their weak spots in the body, in a function. So then even though it is a group session, I still can come towards them and actually say, you should focus more on your chest grounding. You should more focus on your palm support. So it's still kind of like an individual system, not like now we are doing the exercises just because we need to exercise. So always with a specific target. Beautiful. And who is your target audience as far as, is it like the teachers at the schools that you're trying to um, help with this or who's the, who refers the people to you, I guess? So actually in the beginning, it was for the physiotherapists and coaches. Uh And nowadays we have a lot of feedback from the teachers. So we were exposed to some kind of... uh, uh, professionals who actually told us that this should be a part of the PT classes and it should be uh, like recommended uh, for everyone. So now we'll probably work on to implement it into the educational system in Czech Republic. We'll see. But anyway, you can modify this system very nicely for the individual treatment, like in hospital, even to just uh, help the kids to still stick with the uh, better functioning. Or you can even try to implement it into the club's preparation because uh, you can use it like a 
preparational phase. You can use it like warm up. You can use it uh, like cool down uh, part of the training. And even for those young kids, uh, you can use it like a specific parts of the training process itself and integrate a different kind of tools which are typical for that kind of sport. I think in America, like uh, in the... Uh school day there's a there's like gym class there's actually like a class where they physical education yeah yeah. that would be like i think a perfect spot for for that at least in in america for sure yeah the same in czech i hope especially in the future so um, we were discussing that and actually there is quite a big tendency to uh make numbers we can say that always when you are doing something there should be like you did it and you did that much repetition or you were that fast but nobody actually cares for the quality and that's the difference it's not about you can do it but how you are doing the exercises so this should help the kids to actually start to feel the body better when I feel my body better, then I can actually change something because I, if I don't feel it, why should I change it? You right. know? So when the kids has this ability, so we can say some kind of connection between the body and the brain, then it's kind of their responsibility to actually start to actively participate of their movement behavior. So that's our goal. Along those same lines, uh, when they're you're asking them to do things outside of these personal settings or these group settings. How do you get compliance for them to actually do their exercises at home with kids, especially if they maybe don't have pain or maybe they're a scoliotic patient that they don't see the connection between doing the exercises. How do you get compliance with them? So it will be different if there will be some kind of problem I have to solve. So usually for those kids, I am using a homework. So we have an exercise journal so they can find every position, every variation, uh, how they should feel, how they shouldn't feel, what are the ground rules they should secure for. But very often we are actually kind of making a notes. What is your main problem? So the kid can really focus on that. Plus we are describing, let's say, uh, repetitions for each exercise plus the duration because it's not only about how many times but how long you can stay in the position. And then uh, the kids are coming back and depending on how old they actually are, we are trying to find our way of how to work with that so with some of the young kids it's uh okay you will do homework you will come you will show and like uh, some kind of reward you can then uh, make a painting of that animal for me so usually this is quite uh, like attractive for the older kids it's more like okay there is an animal try to find out some kind of fairy tale which is describing what this animal is doing and why try to integrate you for example into the story so there are like more and more variations, which are still opening even for me when I am working more with the kids. And if it is more from just that group sessions for some kind of clubs integrations, uh, actually it very often happens like spontaneously. We are not forcing them to do it at home, but they like it so much that they next time will come and say, hey, I tried this and look at me, I am much better. You can see how I improve, (laughs) how can I be more stable on the ball, for example. So that's something they can see like the direct results into the performance and kids love it. Sorry to interrupt your episode, guys. 
I have to tell you about an important date to write down in your calendar, November 3rd through the 5th, the first annual Neurodynamics World Congress coming to you at Parker University in Dallas, Texas, November 3rd through the 5th. This is an amazing opportunity to see a true gestalt weekend, meaning integration of multiple different people, multiple different techniques of the likes of Michael Leahy, Antonio Stecco, Brett Winchester talking about DNS, Annie O'Connor talking about pain classification mechanisms, David Seeming talking about the internal chemistry, uh, Jeff Bove talking about the research around nerves, uh, and of course, Michael Shacklock talking about neurodynamics. This weekend at Parker University, November 3rd through the 5th, is, 5th is your opportunity to see not only lectures, but hands-on demonstrations and panel discussions at the end of every day to combine this all together to show how each of these different techniques is influencing the nervous system. This is an amazing opportunity to see all these people in one stage and one opportunity to have some fun with us uh, in Gasol Education. So, uh, Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode, and we can't wait to see you at Park University. It's November 3rd through the 5th. Registration open at gestaltedu.com backslash courses. See you there. What was your inspiration? Because I know uh, all over the world, kids are spending too much time on their phones and their tablets. Is that kind of what you, your initial goal was just to get kids kind of moving again? Or was it, what was the idea behind it? Hmm. Difficult question because it was kind of like a multiple one. So one was my classmate mm-hmm. that he actually said, hey, this will be like really good. Uh, then second, I have two kids as well. And I can see how difficult sometimes is to actually show the kids that to move is much more fun than to stay with the uh, tablet or television. Right. <laughs> sure. yeah. So, uh, and especially after the COVID time, the whole situation dramatically increased. So this is kind of like a strategy which uh, shows me a way through uh, the future that it's not only about to do something, but to amuse the kids that much that they will be willing to still continue in the time. So in the future, they will take emotion like a natural part of our life that they want to move spontaneously. They want to try different types of moves, which brings us a variation and that they will stick. They don't want to feel overloaded because that's another aspect in Czech countries that actually some of the kids are moving, but they are moving stereotypically. So after that, when they reach, for example, age around 15, they said to you, okay, I reach everything what was possible. I already feel tired because I, I had like my trainings five times a week also. Uh, the matches during the weekend. So now I'm tired. I want to party in my life. I want to enjoy and not to continue. And that's a shame, I think, because then they lose a positive attachment to the motion itself. What age kids are you uh, implementing this with? So predominantly it was for the kids in middle childhood age, meaning 7 to 10, because when we were going through certain researches, we find out that actually that uh, 
period of our life, it's still good enough to start some kind of specific trainer training to prevent later uh, structural changes which are in association with the poor posture. Mm -hmm. So that was the beginning. But actually with the practice, we can find out that if the kids will make that positive uh, attraction by the system, they spontaneously want to still continue, continue, continue and try to do more. So it can be even for the older ones. Of course, we need to adjust our behavior because I cannot talk to them like, hey, you little one, because (laughs) then they will feel offended. On the other hand, you can even imply it with the preschool children, which we already tried, um, like uh, one uh, thesis or pilot study, we can say. And actually, uh, the results were uh, almost amazing. Also, the teachers were very amused because this is some kind of tool they can use on daily uh, activities. Maybe calm down the anxiety and the craziness, yeah, make yeah. the job a little easier. And also, I think the problem is that everyone is doing something, which is perfectly fine. But uh, we should always go to the same direction. But if you will visit one exercise system or one technique everywhere, they will say to you that the quadruple position should look differently. The strength on this is that actually we see it in a development. So then every one of us can go to the right direction. And finally, everyone knows what to do there. What is the correct stage I would like to reach? Well, I think, you know, the overreaching theme, which everybody knows, but is DNS is uh, obviously using developmental positions and transitions to teach the brain how to better recruit muscles. So uh, besides it being fun and all the good things we just talked about, it's also potentially correcting maybe some of these kids that are having muscle coordination issues that we had Marcel on yesterday and she was, you know, talking about the research from uh, Prechtel and Voita that, you know, 30% of the population yeah. is not developing. So some of those kids probably fall through the cracks. So maybe this can be helpful in starting to at least get the, getting these kids doing something. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. definitely for those type of kids. So there is not like a, let's say, severe neurological lesion, but somehow the pathways in the brain are blocked. And through this, we can slowly restore the optimal programming of the brain to create really functional stereotypes and to help the kids to feel it actually, because our problem in Europe is that very often uh, we have their brain and their body, but there is not like a connection. So after that, it's really difficult to find a solution for you. So what have you, uh, what have you learned as you've been doing it? Like, what have you, what is different than what you thought it was going to be from the beginning? Hmm. So when I started, I actually was afraid if the kids uh, will get the idea and would like to participate on it, but actually due to the association, it's very like easy for them to grab it. So now my major task to do is actually to find out more and more variation of the exercises, of the positions, and um, try to also integrate other sensory systems to it because that's another quite nice aspect which you can use, especially with the kids and which will be helpful in their future life. And then do they, um, are the kids getting it for free in these 
systems or are they uh, paying for the classes or how does that work? So if they will come to some kind of like <coughs> hospital or the um, places which are paid by the government, then they will get it for free, we can say. If they are uh, having that like a part of their trainings, usually they pay to the sport, so they will prepare some money for it, which should be paid for. Mm -hmm. Or uh, you can even use it like a self program so they are willing to pay it like a, a isolated uh, treatment one -on -one, or exercise yeah. Yeah. system so and we have no problem to actually uh, have kids on our classes yeah it's beautiful well maybe let's switch gears for a little bit of dns fit kits which we'll put the link in below and you're teaching courses now and it's uh they have online posters they have all sorts of awesome stuff but uh, we're here at Modal. What is what is DNS meant to you, and and uh, can you share some maybe <clears throat> stories of uh, some things that you picked up from maybe Pavel or from Elena or some of the other you know more senior teachers, and you know what are, what are some of the things that you're you're uh, so are appreciative of for this place? We'll put it that way. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things. Okay, let's start. Uh, that actually, it was not uh, my aim to actually work in Prague in this hospital. But happily, life coincidences drive me to this place. And actually, uh, what is different comparing to any other place is that people are open and helping you to find out the optimal strategies, how to help the clients. And in the beginning, it was like, do DNS, do DNS. And I was like, hey, girls, I don't know what the DNS is. <laughs> and they were like, no worries that just take a look and it will come up. So I was like observing my colleagues. I was asking them a question. And every time I had any kind of problem, a question, something would, uh, doesn't make a sense. I could come, I can ask, I can share, I can try, mm -hmm. which is great. And I think not everyone is blessed by this. So mm -hmm. this is what I own to the model hospital for the whole community that actually uh, it works that way. Uh, if I will speak about the power collage uh, knowledge, it's amazing. It's something you can even see some kind of aura when he's coming into the room, the way of how other colleagues, uh, specialists are look at him, how they respect his uh, kind of experiences, uh, even manual skills, whatever. So they are open to communicate with us. They are open to take our profession like something special, which can be very, very helpful. So this is great. And Alana, I think she is someone who helps us to spread it and to actually reasonably explain it because in the beginning, it sometimes can looks like some kind of weird miracles we are doing, <laughs> but actually it all makes sense when you know more about the neurophysiological natural uh, principles of the movement. So that's the beauty of it, that there is a huge community around and every one of us trying to contribute to the system. And I have beautiful colleagues uh, which uh, still uh, find a new way how we can teach, how we can share, how we can improve, which is great. 
And thank you all. <laughs> who kind of took you under your wing? Like who is the, I know obviously Pablo and Elena, but who was the one that you really looked up to that kind of helped you along the way the most? So in the beginning, it was my colleague, Lucia Dobkova. Uh, she's not uh, teaching anymore because some kind of different uh, role of a life came to her life, I guess. Uh, but she was the one who really believed in me and tried to show me some of those things. And later on, definitely I have to mention Marcella, Julia, uh, my co-workers here from Moto, even some of my colleagues in my age who just ask or discuss with me. So, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It's a beautiful place. It's an awesome. I mean, the history alone is enough to get you excited and uh, everybody that's come through here. And so it's super special. Uh, thank you for sitting down with us to educate us on DNS fit kids, or I'm excited to explore it more. Uh, hopefully maybe start implementing in some of the United States. And, uh, we thank you for your expertise. Thank you for creating. I it. would like to thank you for invitation. Yeah. yeah. It was very thanks, kind. You did a great job. Yeah. You're a little bit nervous, but you crushed yeah. it. So your first <laughs> podcast, right? Yes. Yes. You absolutely <laughs> crushed it. So, uh, guys, check out DNS Fit Kids. Uh, I'll post a link in the bottom. And uh, good luck with patience. We'll see you next time. Thank I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gasol Education Show. Uh, if you liked it, share it, subscribe to it, uh, send it to your friends, send it to someone that needs to hear this message. Uh, we really want everyone to be able to, to tune in and, and get the, the best clinical advice that they can, which uh, we're hoping that we're giving to you with these special guests. So um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us, or if you have any suggestions on upcoming uh, conversations, let us know. Uh, for a list of our upcoming courses, we're adding them all the dang time. So go to gestaltedu.com, click on courses, and they'll all be right there for you. All right, have a good day.